We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com the baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day Seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge, the answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 364. We're back to our normal setup. Uh, Scott has concocted a... A jerry rig to make sure his microphone stand doesn't fall over. I'm back to my bedroom with uh, a fan blowing on me so it's not a thousand degrees like it was in that basement last week. Scott, what's up? That's a good description. Good description of, of what's going on. Uh, yeah, no, we're all back. We're everything's uh, everything's back to normal. No more basements. Hopefully, I don't have to see another basement for now. Basement recording for a while now, and I can actually uh, record from my office like a normal human being. Um, and uh, Yankees are still winning baseball games, so we're we're good. You know, we got playoff tickets going on. We got we got playoff things happening. My head's in the playoffs right now. That's yeah. I gotta be my honest head's with in you. the playoffs. I was just gonna say that they played the Rangers this it's week. Hard to get into. I could I could not have given two shits <laughs> about any of those games. Yeah, like they got they, they got shut out for the first time in 220 games, which is impressive. Since last uh, last June against Boston, they had a non shutout streak going. Did anyone really care they got shut out on Monday? It was Labor Day. The team looked hungover. I was hungover. Everybody in America was hungover. So did anyone really care? I mean, it's kind of one of those things where you're seeing that that long streak and eventually it's going to end. So let's just get it over with and end it now until right. so we don't go into the playoffs with this 
with this thing, this narrative that was like, oh, the Yankees don't get shut out, but what happens in the playoffs? Do their bats go quiet? Can they make enough contact? Are they going to strike out all the time? Is Giancarlo Stanton going to get up there and wave at pitches for four at-bats? There's all these things. So, yeah, we got rid of one one storyline. and uh, it, was right. against, it was against Minor, so maybe people were a little annoyed by that because that was a guy the Yankees could have uh, targeted at the deadline. I mean, they could have, but... The, the Rangers, when they didn't get rid of him, there was something going on there. It is wild um, because the Yankees faced, obviously, Minor Monday and Lance Lynn last night. And uh, I just saw people talking about this on Twitter, and I was doing some research myself, that uh, the Rangers have two of the best pitchers in the American League by pretty much every metric you can come up with. If you want to go traditional and just look at ERA and innings pitch and that kind of crap, great if you want to look at the advanced metrics war and fip and uh but you know all these uh spin rates and and everything you could possibly find that say these pitchers are good they lead in almost every category and they're such a bad team yeah and usually the pitching is what's uh what's their problem in texas i mean they, they haven't had the reliable pitching in such a long time when i saw edison volquez roll out there again i was like oh my god you're still in this league I mean, that was the guy, if you remember, that was traded. It was, the, it was like a big trade when Cincinnati mm-hmm. traded Josh Hamilton to Texas yes. for, for uh He's come full circle to he's uh, come back around, round out yeah. his career. Yeah, absolutely. So I was, uh, when I saw his name in there, I was like, oh, man, you're still – I'm surprised you're still putzing around here. So you said your head's in the playoffs. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, we've been talking playoff tickets, a lot of information going around. And even though the Yankees have business to, to clear up, for the rest of the season, a lot of people just excited about those playoffs coming up. So what's the deal? Yeah, man, a lot of a lot of excitement around that. It's uh, I'm I'm definitely falling full victim to it too. The so the the playoff tickets for what we have going on. If you're planning on coming into town, if you're part of the uh, the BP crew, if you've come to an event, uh, then you know that today at 10, 10 a.m. you're going to be getting an email that has the uh, the the um, the link for to buy your tickets uh, through us in sections two hundred five and two hundred six. Uh, we have 472 tickets for the ALDS game two, uh, home game two. If unless something crazy happens, which it hopefully oh god <laughs> we got bigger <laughs> problems if that doesn't happen. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, 472 tickets uh, out in sections 205 and 206. Unprecedented, but it's happening. Uh, we've we've already been um, a lot of our team. I, I and I know some of the the people that have uh, come to a, a ton of events. Are, are ready to go with these tickets. But 10 a.m., everybody who's come to an event, you will get an email and, uh, and, and be able to, to purchase your tickets as well. So um, keep an eye out for that because, you know, I don't know how this is going to work, honestly. I, I, I know the response that we got from the email feeler that we sent out to see how many tickets we, we should get or we should try for. And it was pretty overwhelming when we, when we saw the amount of people that wanted tickets and, and, uh, and all that. And that's just from people who've come to events. So uh, I guess it makes sense, right? People come to events, want to come to more events. People come to games, want to go to more games, especially when it counts the most. So, um, well, this is also a playoff game. It's a it's a Yankees playoff game, which not everyone has a chance to go right. to. Well, how old were you when you went to your first Yankees playoff game? Man, I don't remember. I, I was in middle school, I think. No, no, it okay. was high school. It was high school. Well, the because crazy they thing weren't is, in the playoffs when I was in middle school. Well, that's true. But a crazy thing is, uh, the first playoff game I ever went to was the wild card game, 2017. Oh, wow. So I, it took me a while to get to a playoff game. It takes people, it's not easy. I know I wasn't living in the New York area. That played a part of it. Had I been living in this area, I probably would have gone before that. But it's not the easiest thing to do because sometimes it could be a lot of money. Sometimes they can be sold it's out. It's always a lot of Some, money. Sometimes it's midweek and you're like, well, I got to work and it's just not convenient. Well, guess what? There's a perfect storm of things going on for this, this event, game two, home game two of the ALDS, because I think it's very reasonably priced for a very good ticket at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. You can get them before the public can get them. And it's on a friggin' Saturday, which could not be any more. And perfect. we know what's happening. That's the beauty of it. Like the fact that I'm not going on wood here, but the. The fact that they're lined up for this ALDS and it's and it's it's going to be a home game, right? Like, <laughs> it's going to be a home game. So they're either going to be the one or the two seed. So we know they're going to be hosting the ALDS. Right. So because of that, we have a month to plan for the ALDS, which is crazy. That doesn't that's, that doesn't happen. Um, so the fact that that did line up 
certainly help matters. And uh, and yeah, so these I, I don't know how fast these are going to go or or not go or not. This is this is uh, uncharted territory for everybody, uh, us as well. Um, but from the response, I can tell you that it was uh, it was way more than 472 tickets. The people that if if everybody purchased, we said they wanted to uh, tickets and responded to our form. They're going to go pretty quick. So um, so don't wait. That's that's it. Or they will be gone, and then you'll you'll be into the pre-sales uh, starting on Tuesday because that's when all the season ticket pre-sales start. Is on Tuesday. There's 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 an array of them on that day for partial ticket season, uh, partial ticket plan holders, uh, and moving forward. But they start on Tuesday. I've seen the, I've seen the list of, of all of the presales that go on that day. So, um, there's a lot. Yeah, of them. And don't be fooled by some of those presales because I've been suckered into that mastercard one. Cause I got, yeah. I have a mastercard and it's just like, okay, yeah, you get in a, a day early 10 AM on Tuesday instead of 10 AM on Wednesday before the general public. But we said this a couple weeks ago, they may release like maybe 200 tickets total for that master. Well, they may, re- thing, they, re- so- they may release more than that, but the brokers go in there and they all, they all have bots. They snatch like, them guys. Up. If you, if you yeah. don't think these brokers have, have bots that go in online and just like have automated programs that you they, that run through these ticket uh, sites, they do, they have them and they can purchase a lot of tickets fast. So you can get lucky, but don't bank on getting lucky when when you can just uh, easily go on and buy the tickets for and you get you get a whole package with with what we're doing. So yeah. tell people about that because it's it's not just a game ticket. Well, it's a it's a game ticket and a t shirt. It's it's not it's not the same as the regular season because a lot of that stuff doesn't really doesn't really play into the uh, the postseason. The Yankees they don't do the uh, the ticket or the uh, beer and a hot dog um, in the postseason. But what you are getting is a an event t shirt. I'm gonna. I got some ideas. So my, my brain is spinning with some some extra creative Are you going, things. Well, unfortunately, it, it might be too late if we wait to see who they're playing. For what? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not doing that. No, no, no. The t-shirt will not be designed around who right. we're playing. It will be geared towards um, this event the or Yan- the, and the what Yankees. What the Yankees are going for this year. Something. Kind of yeah. I'm not I, – I don't have the – I don't have the specific concept in my head yet, but it's going to be good. I'm gonna spend some time on this one, uh, but I have time. That's the beauty of this whole thing. So yeah, you get the you get the uh, t-shirt and the ticket, um, and then we're gonna figure something out for the pregame. Like I don't know what it's gonna be yet because, again, when you come to the, when it comes to the playoffs around Yankee Stadium, like it's packed. It's you, you can't move in these bars half the time. So half the time, all the time. So there's no incentive for any bar to give us any deal. I can tell you that right now. If we can get something. Uh, uh, we're, we're probably going to go to Billy's and, and, you know, maybe we can uh, designate an area or something like that. So we'll, we'll get something going for the pregame. We'll start. Cer- we'll certainly every have bars. Every bar on River Ave three hours plus before game time has a lineup. Yeah, door absolutely. For, for a playoff. Right. Game. I remember when uh, the wildcard game 2017, you, me and Dom, we got there maybe around five, five thirty for the 8 p.m. start. Mm-hmm. We were drinking beer outside of stands in the middle of the street. That's how that's how packed it was. Like if you could just if you could see the bar, then you were in the bar. And, st- and stands is ridiculous when it comes to like when that place gets full. You can't move in that place. And yeah, you yeah. got to shimmy and and you basically have to grease yourself up to go get up to the bar because it's 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 <laughs> packed. Um, but at least Billy's has a little bit more room to move around in. So. Um, that's a friggin' warehouse. That's that's part of the places, but but yeah, go get your tickets again. Look for that email and uh, and gobble them up, man. Because I don't know how long they're gonna last. I, I really don't. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Um, cannot wait. It's gonna be a fun weekend. I think uh, you and I and and some other people from the site, JJ, is trying to go to the uh, the first game as well on Friday night. Um, and and part of it, as we're looking, is. You know who's going to be in that wild card game? Who are the Yankees going to edge out Houston for the the best record in the American League? And they're a game and a half up on Houston right now for best record in the AL, and a half game up on the Dodgers for best record in baseball. I I think, you know, if you if we were talking when we were talking back in uh, August, early August, we were just saying get guys healthy. Uh, I, if, if I'm asked between home field advantage and health, give me health. I think I've changed my mind on this. You'd rather not be healthy. Okay. That's not what I'm saying, but <laughs> kind of, I, I kind think of it is though. I think at this point though, you got to go for home field advantage. Well, of course you're, you're, you're in, but you're in the lead right now. They're trying to get Severino back. They're trying to get all these guys back, but I think home field advantage is as important as health. To this team. Here's the deal. It, 
you, you can't just go for home field advantage unless you're healthy, right? Like that, they, they go hand in hand. If you get healthy, then you're a better team, aren't you? So they, they, they do go hand in guys hand. Keep going, guys keep going down. Gio Urshela just went down last week. Yeah, I, I understand that. That's why. That's what I'm saying. If you can get healthy and, and that's your goal, then most likely you're going to be winning games too because you're, you're going to be putting out a better team as, right. uh, as the guys come back. And Urshela looks like he's going to return on Sunday when he's eligible as well. So well, I think that was more, be, it, more of a um, let's precautionary. precautionary. It's going to be interesting though because so they just got uh, Voight and Encarnacion back and those guys have contributed already, which is great. But Stanton, when he comes back, could be rusty. Severino, will be rusty. When he, when, whenever St- uh, Severino does get into a Major League Baseball game, he could be rusty. Batances could be rusty. So you actually might be sacrificing some wins on the field by getting guys to shake their rust off because there's going to be no more minor league games to do that. You're going to have to do it at the major league level. Yeah, I mean, they're doing sim games right now. They're, they're, they're going out and, and getting as many of those things as possible. Sim game is not a real Well, no kidding, game. but they're still at least going through the, the, going through the motions and making sure that they have um, their bodies as ready as they possibly can. So... It's a good time. That's that's the thing about this whole thing. Like it's it's a really for them to come back and and us to have the the luxury of this this large lead. Um, I mean, we could we could bury Boston again this this uh, this this weekend. Didn't we already? Didn't we already? Yeah, do no, that? So we could just do it again. We just pour pour some more dirt on their asses. Uh, and you know, and, and when that Are when they that happens, still alive? You think they're still alive as far as playoffs go? They are. I'm sure they five and a half. They think it five and a half back of Tampa for the wild card lead, but that means they have to leapfrog over two of the three teams: Tampa, Oakland, or Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, I don't see it happening at all. Uh, not with that team. It's not like their their team has gotten any better. So no, and sales done for the season, yeah. and uh, David Price and Porcello have not been as good as they were last year. And Porcello, I mean, it's a, it's still to me it boggles my mind how he won the Cy Young a couple of years back because the guy is, is pretty much what he is. He's like a, a high four ERA. That's what he is. What do you remember? I know you don't remember, but what year did he win the Cy? It was like 2014 or something like Wasn't that. Wasn't it three right? years ago? Okay, so then it would have been 2016? I think so. Okay, but I feel like it was in one of those years where offense just disappeared. So the ball was not gradually getting getting juiced? Is that what you're saying? I think it was pre-juiced ball. I think it was right before the ball got juiced. Mm. That's convenient for, for Rick Porcello. It was a dead ball. It was a dead ball year. That's why Rick Porcello yeah. was able to get out of the, uh, the American League with the Cy Young. The seams were raised. They, they, they were higher seams. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, look, they're, they're, they're all, for all intents and purposes done right now. So, you know, they, they have... Well, four-game series, they, they, I know they can, they're not going to catch the Yankees, but they just need to win ballgames. So if they take three out of four from the Yankees, they're still in it. They're still in it as long as they keep winning ballgames. And we've been through this with the Yankees before uh, where it's like, okay, the, the math says – or the, the standings say we're not out of it, but logic says we're out of it. And I think that's where the Red Sox are. They, I think they know they're not going to make it, but five and a half is not – the crazier things have happened than five and a half back in early September. Hell, they blew like a nine-game lead in September in 2012. They did. That was a, and that was a, that was such a pivotal year. That was the year. That was the year that the Dodgers bailed them out. The year after that, they could have, they could have, yep. they could have gone home and and been uh, and been a devastated franchise. They blew up that team. They they blew up that team of high priced high priced guys like. Uh, you, but Carl you don't Crawford get to blow up that team. You don't get to blow up that team unless you have a willing participant. Oh yeah, the Yankees would not have been allowed to blow up their team. But the Dodgers said, "Hey, we'll take all your crap. We'll take all your all your money. We'll take all of your your horrible contracts and let you guys just you know do it over again and rebuild." But the extra the extra effed up thing about that was the Red Sox still could have overcome those things. Because they're the Red Sox. They're one of the elite uh, franchises in the league that can swallow horrible contracts. They've, they've done it time and time again. But they got like an extra jail uh, uh, free jail. Get out of jail uh, free card. Get out of jail free card. It is 7 Don't pass go. Extra uh, get out of jail free don't card try to, don't, from the don't Dodgers try to say it again. That, did, that didn't need it. They didn't need it. They could have still overcome all of those terrible contracts with Adrian Gonzalez and, and Josh Beckett and Carl Crawford and whoever else they offered. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. I don't. Th- I, I disagree with that because they would have been stuck with the actual players as well. And sometimes 
when when you're stuck with bad player. But Carl they, Crawford they, was they could just, bad player. They could just they could just get rid of the guys. They've done that. They did that with Pablo Sandoval. They did it. They with, didn't do um, it at that point though. They weren't there yet. Ruz, okay, so you're saying back in 2012 they no, were uh, different mindset. They were. They absolutely were. They okay. hadn't they hadn't won Maybe. that you know that next championship. They they were they were um, they had a lot of big contracts. They were. They, I was reading something about this actually uh, about that deal because it was pissing me off. Um, about the, when I was when we were playing the Dodgers and I was looking at the like the the exact deal and Nick Punto was the guy the throw-in guy at the end that they agreed to um, to take on and what it did the Dodgers it took it, it it put them under the luxury tax it reset their luxury tax as well so it was it was such a big swing of events for the, the Red for the Sox, Red Sox yeah yeah that. Well, then they got lucky in 13 and signed a bunch of random free agents that somehow got together and won a World Series. But they signed a bunch of guys that were complimentary and they were able to do that. Whereas if they didn't unload that kind, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. I don't even know why the hell we're talking. This this team isn't worth my breath. But but the... the, because the Yankees played the Rangers. What it, what, it is, is, what it is is the fact that the Dodgers bailed them out because they, they did. And they were able to, to have the flexibility to go out and sign more guys, whereas they would have been stuck with the same you know, group of guys that just didn't work together and just were not as good baseball players, especially for their contracts. So Carl Crawford probably still be, uh, you know, hitting in the nine spot for the Red Sox at this point. So let's talk about this Rangers series. I was very excited by three things that happened in this Rangers series. The first one being James Paxton looked friggin' awesome. Uh, The second being Lance Lynn has been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. And the Yankees, while they didn't crush him, they made his ass work. That big boy was sweating through five innings. Last year, we said Lance Lynn looks like he smelled like hot dogs. I bet the mound at Yankee Stadium last night smelled of salted cured meats because he was sweating his ass off 100-plus pitches through five innings. They got to him for a couple home runs. And the third he, thing I was excited about... He doesn't smell like grilled hot dogs. He definitely smells like boiled hot dogs. <laughs> Dirty water hot dogs. <laughs> the third thing I was excited about... 6.30 games are back, yeah, baby. Yeah, that's a game changer. Those things are awesome. Why are, why 9.15 are we not, at night, we're in the ninth inning. What is going on? I love why it. are we not doing this full-time? Let's just make this it's move. Crazy. Can we please make Major League Baseball, for God's sake, make the move. Do it. Just, just pull the trigger. Next year, 2020, all games start at 6.30. Let's go to 6.15. Let's get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get nuts. Uh, well, so I, people say... Oh, I'm not going to get home in time from work. And and actually, I missed the first couple innings of last night's game. I had something to do after work. So I get it. But I will sacrifice that maybe once every other week for not getting home for 635 first pitch. And it's not even really 635 first pitch. It's like 640 first pitch. But that extra 25 minutes really does make a difference at the back end of the games. And the games, they did move quickly against Texas. But even if it's a longer game, you're just giving yourself an extra buffer to not be sitting there until 11 o'clock at night for another Yankees versus whoever game on a Tuesday night. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's just it's nice. I think maybe also because we're conditioned, and I know all the all the guys in the UK are laughing at us right now because I hear it every time we talk about late games. And now that we have this whole, now that we have this U- UK contingent, you guys are throwing an extra little, uh, little okay, little I different thing to- about it. I talked to these guys at the event on Saturday, and I and I said, "How many of those games are you really staying up for?" Not many. The answer, yeah, none. they can't. Well, the you only can't. games they're watching, I know you can't. The only games they're watching are the day games and then the weekend games, right? Which I respect the hell out of. Well, I mean, look, they're watching the games, it. but they're just not watching them alive. That's the beauty of today. Like you don't have to do yeah, that. They're catching up. So yeah. it's and it's not like they're going to turn on. Uh, the local television and get gets the spoiler alert spoiler for, alert. for a Yankees <laughs> game. You know, I mean, obviously there's the internet, but um, it's just it's just one of those things that we're, we're conditioned for these seven o'clock games, or and uh, and then later, and when you start throwing something a little bit different at us, it's the earlier, and we get a taste of that. I want more. I want more. And and the Yankees did it a bunch of the games before Memorial Day and now after Labor Day. Uh, just keep it going all summer. It's, if anything, it makes more sense in the middle of summer. When it's easier to leave work early, and kids, man, and, and what's kids, about the kids? kids? Are out of kids are out of school. Maybe they could stay up an extra hour or something at night. So, yeah, give me those six thirty-five starts all year long. Oh, speaking of kids, one thing I totally forgot to mention, which is probably my favorite part about this whole playoff thing, because um, it's just kind of like a, a peek into what we're going to be doing a lot more of at Bronx Pinstripes and and what this BP crew. Um, 
just to go back for a second. But the the tickets that um, that we have for the playoffs for this ALDS game, we have 472 tickets. And the really cool thing is that um, we are going to be donating with every single ticket that comes in for the playoffs, all 472 tickets. They each each one of those tickets is going to be um, cor- uh, have a, a, another game corresponded with that ticket for 2020. So we will have 472 tickets for a Yankees game, uh, probably like early April, May game that we're going to be donating to um, uh, Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital and, uh, you know, a couple other nonprofits that, that have to do with children that are benefiting children. But the, the Children's Hospital is going to be one of our main focuses next year uh, and moving forward with, with some of the nonprofit stuff. So I'm really excited about that. We'll probably spread it over a few games. Obviously, it's a lot of tickets for anybody to handle for one game. So we'll spread it out and, you know, we'll spread it amongst a couple groups, too, because there's just a lot. Um, but, yeah, that's something really exciting. So everybody. That's an awesome angle of this. Whole so thing. cool, man. Yeah. Everybody who's buying a ticket like you just know now. Also, you're getting a playoff ticket. You're getting a T-shirt. And then the third thing is, boom. A really good feel good because now we're sending uh, 472 kids and families to a Yankees game uh, to experience, you know, what we all love too. So um, my if favorite part. If you're if you want to buy a playoff ticket, but maybe your girlfriend or your wife or or somebody's like, hey, you can't spend that much money on a game ticket. You say it's for the children. It is for the children. Boston doesn't feed their children. What we do is we give back to our children. That's the difference. <laughs> we send it, we send them to baseball. Games. <laughs> So Tanaka on Monday, uh, he was okay. Uh, he just didn't look comfortable out there. Um, looked like he Are was, we really going to overanalyze well, Tanaka? Would you think Tanaka, after a three-hour rain delay, playing the Texas Rangers on Labor Day? I think he was. I think he was going through the motions. No. So what I'm saying is, I think he is experimenting. We're we're watching we're watching a mad scientist on the mound trying to figure something out before October. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm not criticizing him. I'm completely okay with it because the only way the Yankees win a World Series is if Tanaka figures his shit out and Paxson continues to improve. Right. Right? Or just so or just continue. <laughs> let Tanaka go out there and just try and see how am I going to get outs in October? Because on Monday, he didn't look comfortable. He gave up a, a few hard hit balls. He gave up a home run. It was 100-plus pitches in six innings, but it was only two earned runs. I know the Rangers aren't a great offensive team. They're missing Joey Gallo, who's one of the best offensive players in baseball. But he's tinkering with his splitter. He got five swings and misses on that pitches on that pitch. And I was looking at his uh, Brooks baseball card and, and the breakdown of all the swings and misses on all of his pitches broken out by start. And do you remember the, the start in Toronto we had about a month ago? Yeah. Uh, when it was like on a Sunday getaway day and it was a fantastic start? Yes, I do. He barely threw any splitters that game. That was he was only relying on a slider. He got all of his swings and misses on a slider, no swings and misses on a splitter that day, and he got a lot of soft contact. That is a completely different Tanaka than we've seen, say, last time out or two times out ago, or last time out against Seattle when his splitter was fantastic. So he's just experimenting. I and that while that makes me happy. It also makes me ask the question, well, who are we going to get in the playoffs? I mean, I think experimenting is probably the wrong word. I think he's tinkering with the grips and, and changing different things. I also think that there was a three-hour rain delay, and that throws people off. Um, but six innings pitched, two earned runs. He's, he's trying to pepper the zone at that point, get through a, a game that, that, needs to, <laughs> that needs to be finished. The, thing, the difference between the, spl- the splitter and the slider, and I know they're, um, they're different pitches, obviously, and and his splitter grip has changed. I think since that Toronto start, right? Like we've that's that's about the time when he started messing around. Yeah, the that article came out when the Yankees were on their road trip. Um, so I know he got hit in Oakland. Yeah, and then the article came out. So the and he's but he was tinkering with the grip before that Oakland right. start. Um, but we hadn't seen the success in the splitter. So what he was doing with that slider, though, and and Cone talked about this a lot. That's that's a I, I love having Cohen on these broadcasts because you can really he talks about the pitching and the the small details about the pitching and I really appreciate that. But he he was talking about the slider essentially acting as the splitter for a while because when he didn't have that splitter grip, that slider was getting a lot more downward action. It was a different type of slider. You're seeing, you know, some guys have that big sweeping motion on a slider that's going left to right or right to left depending on where you're throwing the ball from. Um, well, Tanaka slider, you're you're getting some more downward action as well, and it was essentially acting as that. 
as that type of splitter. So he was changing his pitches up, changing the eye level. And, and now we're seeing with this new splitter grip or the adjusted splitter grip that he's able to get more of the downward action on the splitter. Um, and then the slider can be more of a complementary piece as well of changing speeds and, and, and things. But I think he was actually using that as the, you know, in the same way he would use the splitter before he lost that grip. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, he's, he's out there against Texas, who's not a great team. So he's able to to do that. He's got the he's got the leniency to to try and figure that out. Yeah, the three hour rain delay sucks. Like no one wants to say you're you're playing a, a one o'clock game on on a holiday. The last thing you want to do is sit there for three hours. Yeah, I mean at least before, they kind of the they kind of knew it was it was going to happen and they were able to <laughs> to prepare themselves because it's not like that one came out of nowhere. They knew that that rain delay was going to happen for a while. So they, essentially, you could and what that's kind of what they did. They they almost acted like it was a four o'clock game. Right. And Paxton, he has been really good lately. And I think the, the big difference when you look at his, his games broken out is the first inning problem. It's, it's seemingly gotten better. I don't want to say it's gone away because I don't want to jinx anything. But when you go back seven starts, uh, very quickly, let me run through this, to, to the latest start against Boston when he gave up that home run to J.D. Martinez. You remember that game? Mm-hmm. Since then, so he gave up that in the first inning. Against Baltimore, at Baltimore, nothing in the first inning. He went six and two-thirds. Home against Baltimore, allowed one in the first, ends up going six. Cleveland, two in the first, ends up going five. That was not a great start. And then he went on, he's on a little nice run. Dodgers, Seattle, Texas, nothing allowed in the first inning. And he's gone at least five innings in all of them. Seattle, that was the weird start where he lost the strike zone. But against the Dodgers in Texas, six and two-thirds and seven innings against Texas, he struck out five of the first six hitters against Texas. I mean, he was overpowering yeah. in the first two innings. And he struck out 12 guys in 12 innings, in seven innings. Only one walk and one hit. Yeah. So he, he was overpowering the Rangers lineup. And that's exactly what you paxed in. Who, who's got an overpowering fastball can do against a crappy lineup. The last thing you want Paxton to do against the Rangers is not throw strikes and get himself in trouble. And then boom, here we go again. I mean, even when the rundown of those, of those games that you just said, even that Boston, that Boston game, when he gave up that home run to JD Martinez, like I thought even in that game, he looked different. From the from the start, he hung, he hung a curveball to Jimmy yes, Martinez. It was a bad pitch, but that even that first inning, he looked dominant up until that pitch, uh, and, and then he went and I think he threw six innings right on, on that day as well. So the, yeah. he's had his, and that was all that he gave up. He's had his stuff. He's had his stuff now for a little while, and and you're right. Once he starts, I, I'm I'm I don't think it's a problem anymore. The first inning because I think a lot of it was was headspace. I think he had to get mentally over that hurdle. And just get that confidence to know that he can get through that inning and figure oh, yeah, that we, out. I mean, everyone knows. Okay, what's a fir- why is the guy struggling in the first inning? It's mental. right, but that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. When you when you add up one, two, three, four, seven games, and and you have you sprinkle in you know one bad pitch to Boston, and then you know maybe another one that you give up some runs. Like to me, that you're you've overcome that hurdle. Uh, so I think he has overcome that hurdle because because it's not physical and it's not something that you can you can just. Uh, it's something that you can't just turn on and turn off because it's such a mental grind to get out of that. Yeah, he's he's actually I'm I'm gaining confidence with each time out with Pax. I mean, when you're seeing that he's even that fastball, he's dialing it up to to 98 miles an hour, and he he can throw it 92 to 98. He's changing speeds on his fastball too. He's showing different things. He's working in um, you know breaking pitches more often. Like the breaking ball has made his fastball more effective because he. He, there was a breakdown. Rohan wrote a great article a couple weeks ago about this, where everything he was throwing was basically one speed. Yeah, it was a cutter and a fastball, but a guy can gear up for 92 plus. And he's going to gear up for 92 plus. It doesn't really matter if you're throwing 92 cutter or 94 four seam fastball. You can gear up for that speed. But now if you can drop a low 80s curveball on somebody, that completely changes the approach at the plate the hitter has to take. Well, it also changes the, uh, the it, one, it changes the timing. It changes the, the, um, the eye levels. It changes so many different things because when you're throwing a fastball and a cutter in the same, you know, around the same speed, well, he was also not hitting his spots. He was also leaving the ball over the plate. He was, he was also, you know, walking more guys and throwing more balls. And when you're doing that, then now guys are, are focusing on something hard coming over the plate. 
And, you know, whether it cuts in on the bat or it stays out over the barrel, that's, uh, it, it's not that much of a difference when you're missing your spot. So I think the fact that, he's, that he is changing speeds like that, he's changing eye level, he's throwing strikes, but, but he's also changing speeds on, on, on individual pitches. Like the fastball has a differentiator of, of, you know, five or six miles an hour sometimes. That's huge. That's a big deal. Not a lot of guys can do that. Way too early question that I'm going to make you answer. That we've, that we've probably asked like five times already. But go ahead. Is he the game one playoff star? I still think it's Tanaka right now, but it's it's a decision to be to be made. I don't. So I think that when we're looking at Herman, I don't think they would roll out Herman in in game number one. Even though I don't he's either, been the because guy. that means Herman will need to come back. I think as big of a part of anything on who you start in game one of the ALDS is who do you want starting game five of the ALDS? Yeah, and because game one starter starts game five, right. unless you want to bring game someone four, back on short right. rest. Um, but I. To like, if we're if we're calling it right now, I still think Tanaka is that guy. All right, but but, but I Paxton think that has been. I think Paxton, Paxton, in my mind, I'm seeing more consistency out of James Paxton, and that could change in the next three weeks. And I know Tanaka has a playoff record, and Paxton doesn't. But I I like what 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 are you showing me right now? Who who's giving me the best stuff right now? Best starts right now going into the playoffs. I would go probably Paxton, Tanaka, Herman, and then. Severino plus Chad Green or whatever their plan is if they can get Severino back because we're going to talk about Severino in a minute but time's kind of running out well I mean he's he's I don't think time's running out like he's on a path they they understand where the time is they understand where he is and he's he's doing everything he needs to do at this point so he's but his next start is going to be Friday with Trey yeah. okay he only pitched an inning plus in his first one so I can't imagine he's going to go more than two innings in this one. Do you think then they'd bring him up to the majors for that would be September around September 11th and they would be uh, at Detroit. I can't see them doing that. I think that's too soon if he's only gone two innings in the minors. Again, we've, you know, what's the difference in throwing a minor league start? And like you said, the, the minor league games are going to, are going to end once all the playoffs end uh, for Scranton and, and all the, I know the, the Gulf league, totally stopped it um but the there's well, there, it's the difference between getting him two starts at the majors or three starts at the majors but, but again we don't do we care up, about the starts we just need him to get the we need to get him outings we need him to C- call it an we outing need him to, to get that the arm ready we need to get to get the, the the body ready if he's able to throw three innings uh for scranton why the hell not have him throw it against the detroit tigers because there's not that much of a difference um yeah, he, I don't disagree with you. I'm just asking what you think they're going to do. Because if they bring him up on the 11th, that gives him three outings in the majors. If they bring him up on the 17th, home against the Angels, that gives him two starts in the, two outings in the majors. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if, if we saw him throw in Detroit, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they held him back and just kept going. So you could also squeeze him. So if they bring him up on the 17th, you could fit in three. They don't want to squeeze him. I don't like the word squeeze and Severino. Well, it would back. be on the it would be on the last day of the season. No, hell no. Well, that could still line up for a, a potential game four. That would be actually perfectly five days rest. Maybe, but it's still it's it's playing with fire at that point. Now you're playing with fire. What if something happened? That's that's why I'm, I'm that's why I'm saying the timetable is an issue. Well, it, it, it just, yeah, you it just say is he's what on it a is. path, but it's, a, it, it's something that it's not like you have a lot of room to uh, play around with. You've got to really map this thing out. And I'm sure they've mapped it yeah. out. I'm sure they've got 10 nerds on this thing. Oh, yeah. He's got his own, he's got his own nerd squad at this point. We've only, got, we've only got a half a nerd between the two of us on this. Yeah. The, the thing is, is that Patantis and Severino now have... They have a they have a nerd squad that's that's just following them around and making sure all these things. It's like it's like the Best Buy Geek Squad except the Yankees nerd squad. It's uh, do you ever see the girl um, the movie The Girl Next Door, where the the kid goes to the yes. prom with like the porn star? It's a remake of Risky Business. And he ha- but he has his minions. So the the minions are all yes. filming and they're doing minions. And he's always like telling them to do. That's that's like the nerd pack that's following around Severino and oh he's just like barking orders at them in Spanish. I would I would love to get a I would love to get a GoPro on one of those nerds' heads. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to let out that secret sauce, though. No, I, I mean you can turn the sound off. I just want to see it. 
You just want to yeah. see it. You just It'll, be see like seven, It'll be like a seven eleven <laughs> convenience store camera. You want to see how the, how the Yankees players haze the nerds? Is what you <laughs> yeah, see? I do. <laughs> uh, everyone hit dingers in this game. Encarnacion back in a home run, tenth tenth as a Yankee. So that makes pretty much everyone has double digits as a Yankee. Sanchez set a new record for not only him but a Yankees catcher. He's now got thirty four, um, which Glaber tied on Wednesday night. And then Gardner, 20th home run of the season. I know he's hit 21 in his career, but 20 home runs on early September for Brett Gardner is laughable, in my opinion. Laughable for so many reasons. Laughable in a good way and a, in a bad way for baseball. Bad way for baseball because we know the balls are just hilariously juiced. Good way for Gardner because he was almost not brought back this year. Then we didn't think he was going to get much playing time because the outfield was crowded. Then he had a horrendous start to his season. And here we are in September, and he's having his most uh, powerful, his most uh, best year from a power standpoint ever. Yeah, I mean, that, it goes across baseball. I mean, he's also, he's also, his approach at the plate as he's gotten older has, has changed as well. He's not that, that same, like, slap hitter. No, he's, he's, he was a slap hitter. He didn't hit his 20th home run until his fifth year in baseball. Right. So he's changed quite a bit. And I think as he's getting older, um, his, you know, his biceps keep getting bigger. Like the dude, he's just, he's not, he's not, well, you know, he's not, he leaving, he's not leaving anything uh, in the weight room. Dude's still picking he's him up and farm. putting him down. He's got a farm yeah, he's country in, strong. in South Carolina or North Carolina in the off season. Chopping wood, moving stuff around. Bales he, of like, hay. That is what... Functional strength. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. That's why Brett Gardner has been durable. All the knocking on the wood, because he's not in the weight room just like concentrating on his biceps. He's doing. He's moving in a nice fluid motion, getting all the muscles proportioned. That's why guys back in the day, like in the off season, Mickey Mantle, he would just go home and chop wood all off season. That's why his forearms were massive. Yeah. No, he's having a he's having a hell of a year, and and nobody nobody predicted anything that. With the durability of him, the fact that he's been just such an integral part of this team. I mean, I eat crow for sure on, on Brett Gardner in, in what he's done. There's no doubt about it. Oh, you eat crow? You eat crow? I'm just saying, I fully, fully admit Do you remember him. my off-season plan? Do you remember my off-season plan? That, vaguely. It didn't <laughs> include him. I, could, I know that. I said the Yankees should not re-sign Brett Gardner because they have Jacoby Ellsbury on the team, and he's essentially the same player when on the field. Okay. Yeah. So. That was wrong. So there's a thread going on in the Facebook group, and now that number seven needs to be changed. But you know what I did say in my offseason plan? Resign Lance Lynn. Okay, okay. Congratulations. You got really lucky on Lance Lynn. And it was really just because there was nobody else out there at that point. And you, did, you wanted to oh, do that. Oh, I got really lucky on Lance you, Lynn. I've never seen anyone get lucky with, with uh, offseason plans or predictions before. You sure? I mean, look. Gary Sanchez is about to hit 35 home runs, and uh, by the way, I predicted 35 home runs for him, which is would be, which is a major league, which is a Yankee record. How that is not a bit, that is not a bold prediction. He hit 33 two years ago. He literally is setting the bar, the benchmark. It's a record for Yankee. He already history. set the record. He already had the record. It's it's, it's still another record. I will give. I want you, you to know that literally the, everything the I've Mayhew said. Twenty homers. Every, no, you can give me everything, Andrew. Everything I said is coming true. Oh yeah, Louis like Sessa. Sessa. Yes. Breakout star, Louis Sessa. He's he's got like a three seven ERA now. He's probably he's probably been the biggest surprise out of the out of the bullpen that he's still here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that he's still here. Look, he's. I don't. People don't like Luis Sessa because of his name and who he is. He's actually pitched really well this year. So Luis Sessa, when we're talking about playoff roster, he, I mean, he's probably the long man in the bullpen in the playoffs because I, I would definitely go Luis Sessa instead of Sabathia or Hatton. Wow, and that's crazy. Think about that. You're you're doing no, Luis Sessa over I'm, I'm not, I I'm not. I'm no longer making a joke out of this. I'm saying seriously, I would pick Luis Sessa as the last guy pitcher on the roster than Happ or Sabathia. He can give you more value because we've seen him pitch out of the bullpen. And Happ and Sabathia are not getting starts in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think Happ's an interesting case because he's if he could string together a few starts and and, and seemingly look uh, looked apart because he I mean I think he looked uh, pretty good on his last start. Dude was fired up. Okay, fine. If if the rest of his starts are are peddling mediocre very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Then fine. 
Well, I, I think it. I think that Jay Happ is an important is an interesting case because of the length that he can give you if he is going well at that point. So he's of, of anybody he has the most to control. Like I think nobody okay, nobody so will then, believe CC on well, CC is is what he is on on a no because he can't even give you pitch. innings exactly. So, so he's he's got no value to you really outside of yelling at guys in the in the and you don't out, need to be on the roster. I for think that. I think has good. Value. I do think it's good value, but you don't need to be on the roster. But for that. then, but then Hap, you're using him in one of two situations: either you're getting blown out and you don't want to waste good arms in the bullpen, or it's an extra inning game and you've used everyone else and it's the thirteenth inning and you just are sending someone out there to pitch until his arm falls off. Or. Or you have one of those games early in a series and you need a guy to start a game and, and he's a guy that can get you length. Wait, what do you mean you have one of those? Uh, you have, if you have a, um, a, 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 like a, a bad start early on, game one or two, and then you have to go to the bullpen and you're using a lot of arms. Yeah, that's what I just said. You got, you're getting blown out and you don't want to use Adovino, Canely just to get through innings. Right. You use it doesn't that. mean you're being blown out. It could be a close game. It could be a close game. It could be an extra inning game where you're using a lot of pitchers. No, if it's a close game, if, if it's the third inning and it's three to three... In game one of the ALDS, you are not bringing in Jay. You just missed everything I said. You need to open the ears and let's let's restart this, okay? You said if it's a close no, game. I said if you're it's a close game and you're using all of your pitchers, you may be at a point where in that in that Severino start, maybe you want to try to get more length of that guy of that out of that start because your bullpen has been worked early in the series, oh, and so Jay you're Hap is now a guy that can can give you another option uh, out of the, the out of the quote bullpen for the playoffs to start the game. He would partner with several. No, he would start the game, and then you and then you go from there. There's no plan at that point. You just you have a guy that has the potential to go deeper into a game than anybody else. And it's not if you're if you're in that if you're in that position. uh, Do you want Luis Sessa to start that game, or do you want Jay Happ to start that game? Because who gives a shit who's mopping up? Sessa. No. Uh, Again, this this is all this is all dependent on if 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 Jay Happ has you know a few good starts going into the playoffs. Okay, f- okay, yeah, fine. Qualify it with that. But to this point in the season, J-Hap's been the worst starter in Major League Baseball. I understand that, but again, there's there's a qualifier here. He's got if he shows for the rest of the season that he's, you know, pitching at a at a decent level cuz I think he showed something in his last outing, maybe that he can he can roll that up and and get to uh more of a guy that that he's been in the past. Nothing on paper this year has said that. I understand that. The risk with Hap is just the home runs are just off the chart. He's giving up like two per nine innings, and I get it. He's a fly ball pitcher pitching in the worst time to be a fly ball pitcher, but it's way too risky with his fly ball rate and his home run rate that he's given up. You can lose a game so quickly in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I get that. You can lose a game, and then you need people to come in and, uh, and stifle, <laughs> like, like David uh, Robertson. And, and it also depends on how, how they're going to uh, compile the bench. Who's going to be the bench players? Because they've got so many options, so many great options. Actually, yeah, like Tyler Wade. Tyler uh, Wade. I don't think Tyler Wade's going to be one of those I, options. I, I could, wouldn't. I wouldn't go as that far. You might see. Uh, you might see a Tyler Wade sneak on to the end of the roster. Why? Because of his base. Because of his base running and flexibility in defense. But they've found other guys like Mike Talkman's a really good base runner. Okay, he can't play the infield. But you've got other guys to play. I'm just saying field. he adds that flexibility. And Mike Talkman is not Tyler Wade on the base paths. I'm sorry. He's not. He can't go out there and steal a bag. Uh, okay, he's not as fast as Tyler Wade, but he's. I think he's a good pinch running option, and he gives you more total package wise than Tyler Wade. Uh, I mean, Tyler Wade's taking the dick pills, so you don't know. But total, total, total player. Give me Talkman over Tyler. We'll see. Wade. We'll see how Talkman ends the season. I think uh, there's there's a potential that this that this uh, this pumpkin or this carriage is turning into a pumpkin. Also, there's 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 Maybe. also there's also that. Um, and Tyler Wade, you know what he's. You're not looking for offense with that guy. That's the thing. No, although he's he's uh, he's been okay since uh, since his call up a couple of weeks ago. I got a question for you. Another question. If Yankees did sign Lance Lynn and he had a uh, same season as he's been having, do you think fans would be excited about him being the ace going into the playoffs? Quote, ace. Because he's pitched like an ace this year. He's got uh, six fan war, which um, I believe is second according to Fangrass, but I think he's first in baseball reference war for pitchers. Or m- maybe that's flipped. Vice why can't they, just, why can't they just have one war? Why do they have to have different wars for sites? Why yeah, can't we have I mean, an industry it's a little standard? annoying. Do, 
Do you really care? Well, I think it makes it a lot more complicated and they, a lot they, more they value a lot more like it, you know it, it just takes credibility away from the actual stat, in my opinion. Well, one of them uh, factors in uh, uh, the the baseball reference one, I believe, factors in more of uh, ERA into war, and then it, the Fangraphs one factors in more um, uh, FIP. So, if the Fangraph nerds and the baseball reference nerds met in a dark alley and started snapping around, you know, getting their switchblades out, are they? Are they? Uh, who's winning? So, he, he, I'm going to equate it to this. So, or does everybody, does everybody just my- run away when they realize they're going to actually fight? It's the old money, new money. Okay, baseball reference is old money. Oh, you, and, we're and, in old money, new money with with advanced metrics. There's no way. Yes, yep. Baseball reference is old money, and and Fangraphs is new. That's money. true. Their sites do shit. If you look at their sites just on an aesthetic standpoint, baseball reference needs to get their shit together because I hate yes, I hate their website. There are, there are a lot of uh, like baseball references definitely can be considered nerdy but it's still a lot of traditionalists there's still a lot of traditional metrics that go into baseball reference uh fan graphs is all new flashy metrics it's all that tech money it's all everyone got rich in the dot-com era on fan graphs everyone got rich on oil money and uh and you know oil money ibm ibm stock on on baseball reference baseball reference looks like an excel spreadsheet online it's it's infuriating (laughs) <laughs> every but time i try site, to go site, on that i, I, I lose my mind the site loads quickly so when we are recording a podcast but your brain works slowly up, trying to find anything so it kind of counteracts it when i am looking something up on a podcast and i don't want to completely stall out my computer i load baseball reference instead of fangrass but if i'm not recording a podcast and i want to do some research for the podcast i go to fangrass it's little behind the scenes yeah it's funny because whenever i try to go to baseball reference in the middle of a show i i get lost i don't care (laughs) how fast my computer runs your brain shuts off i don't even know where to go there's too many down arrows that can collapse up and down spreadsheets and it's it's a horrible website um so you didn't answer my question i don't even remember what it was would fans feel excited about Lance Lynn being the quote unquote? Ace? I think if we saw him all year long and, and the, you know, he was the guy that, that he, you know, has proved that he is this year, then I think fans would get behind him because I think first of all, and on a fan side, you got to look at certain things, right? You got to look at how, how they've done over, over the course of a season, where your, where your, um, your confidence meter is with a certain guy. And, and he's shown it all year long. He's been good. Nobody expected it. So that's a good thing. I feel like when you exceed expectations and you know what he does? He looks the part. If, he, if he's that guy and he, he's coming out and throwing, you know, the way he has been this year and, and uh, you know, high 90s. He was a 92, 93 mile an hour guy with sinkers. And this year he's he's one of these spin. He was also coming back guys. from injury. Like this is a, another year past injury. No, I know, but he was never this pitcher. Right. Well, so he 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 literally changed his entire approach to pitching yeah. this offseason. and he he pulled a, a, a Cole or Verlander, and it's all about forcing fastball, spin rate, and curveball. Yeah, and it's and it's it completely makes sense why that succeeds in today's game because are you can you miss bats? Right. No. So I think yeah, people would would be sinkers would be good don't with it. play anymore. Sinkers don't play anymore. Pitch to contact guys don't play anymore because no longer does weak contact not beat you. Yeah, weak contact's going all over the place. I think that's part of what we're seeing with CC this year too. The last few years, Sabathia was getting weak contact, and we're like, okay, that's not going to kill you. Yeah, he'll give up some soft singles, but no, but you got to string a lot of those soft singles together to beat Sabathia. Now he's still going to walk people, but that soft contact is leaving the ballpark. I think there's a number of factors for him. I mean, the the fact that yeah, I mean he's, he's old. old yeah, his knees literally don't work. I, I'd be surprised if there's any cartilage left in that knee. And the you know he's because the weak contact is is has a different result at this point. He's got to be even more you know exact with his pitching, and uh, it's just it's just a, it's a culmination of things that are just. Not good for him, which is fine because he's old and just needs to go yell at people. Yeah, and I think the thing working against Lance Lynn is that if it from a fan perspective would be that his name is Lance Lynn and it's not Justin Verlander or or um, Garrett Cole, which when you see what they're doing uh, from game to game 
and the name backs it up and the resume backs it up, then you can get a little bit more. Well, he's also on the Texas Rangers, and I don't think a lot of people were paying attention to the Texas Rangers, too. So I think if he was on a contender and putting this this season together, he'd get a lot more hype. They were actually contending until like July. (laughs) <laughs> until July. That's not even... I mean, but on my point... That's why they didn't trade Mike Miner because they didn't know if they were still in it or not. Well, they're, they're stupid if that's the case. They have bad baseball people if they, if they actually truly believe that. And Gallo went down. So, even if they... I think a lot of people would be very surprised that they were even contending up until July because they didn't yeah, notice no, they what were. was happening in the American League West. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting question. He's he's been, he's been crazy. Like you just look at some of these metrics, and it's crazy. Point eight home runs allowed per nine innings, which is fantastic for today's game. Justin Verlander, who I think is going to win the Cy Young, I think has given up like one point six or one point seven home runs per. I mean, nine he's innings. on he's on he's on the on the graphics when you put up guys with most home runs in the in. Nine. It's all solo home run. Literally, the only way you score against Justin Verlander is solo. Yeah, because he's coming at you. Yep. And a lot of those would be fly balls. So his his season would be even better if you uh, put it back a couple of years. Yeah, and I think it's good. the Cy Young anyway is going to be between Verlander, Garrett Cole, Lance Lynn, and Mike Miner. That's 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 the guys you're looking at. It's Verlander, all Texas. A Cole, it's Verlander or Cole, yeah. I think. But um, I think Cole might set a record for strikeout rate this year for a starting pitcher. Uh, so Severino's getting a next rehab Friday with Trenton because of weather. Betances will also pitch on uh, Friday in Trenton. So that's a good game to go to if you're in the uh, Trenton, New Jersey area. Definitely. You get, you get to see a lot of, a lot of big boys on that one. Um, man, he's another big piece. That's, that's another guy that's just – I think they're, they're just they're, – they're, they definitely have a plan and a schedule for Severino and Betances, and, and it seems like they're almost in tandem. Uh, they're pretty damn close. But – it's looking good so far, you know, knock on wood again, man. But these guys, like, this is the thing. Keep them, get them, get them moving along slowly because if you don't, you get nothing from them. So, yeah. So I was, I, the whole season I was saying Severino's more important than Batances, blah, 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 because you need starting pitching. I don't know. I, I don't know anymore because I know Severino is not going to be the, the starting pitcher we thought he was going to be back in March. He's not going to be a, a seven-inning guy. He's not even going to be a four-inning guy, I don't think. So really, what's the difference between three innings out of Severino or an inning plus out of Batances? You know, like, value-wise, they could be more similar than I originally thought. Well, yeah, because the, the innings are going down with Severino. But I still think Severino has, gives you the uh, ability to get length. I mean, Batances is going to be max one-inning one guy. So... You know, you're, you're, getting, you're getting more of an impact. Right, but you add that one-inning guy to an already... Uh, deep bullpen, right? Well, I mean, that's what Severino's going to be too, though. I mean, he's going to be in the mix. When that's the we've yeah, been saying. And when Batances when Batances is going right, I think he's the best reliever on the on the Yankees. He's one of the best relievers in baseball when he's when he's on, if not the best reliever in baseball when he's on, as far as that hook and and that and that fastball. Um, but you know, there's a long way to go for for us to see that. We need to see that. Um, all right, so they're going to Boston four games. Like we said, are they in it or out of it? Let's just the Yankees take care of business, and then the Red Sox. No, but they can all go pack up. It's almost football season. They they can just finish their season. That would be nice. And the Yankees only have one more home stand this year against the Angels and Toronto, September seventeenth to twenty second. It's crazy that no more no more home games, pretty much. And they haven't they haven't lost uh, a, a home series since April, which yeah. is crazy. The, was it the was it the first week of the season that they lost that against Detroit? Uh, they lost an Orioles series as well. No, I know, but then they played Detroit that that next series, and I think they lost two out of yeah, three. Yeah, I think it was. I think that was it. There might have been the one at the end of the at end of the month, but that was with everybody there. That's what happens, you know. Everybody's on your team and healthy and ready to go. Not, not playing as well. Need that. Need that little so, edge. Need that back against the wall. So a couple of things I want to talk about before we get out of here. I forgot to mention that JJ threw me a, a little fake bachelor party at the BP Crew event on Saturday. You know, him and I have had this back and forth all season. Uh, it's been, it's been, uh, it's gotten nasty at times, I think. I think he's tried to spread some, some uh, unwarranted rumors about me. But uh, this was actually the nicest prank anyone has ever thrown. I mean, if you like wearing a sash, you, that's, uh, that's, that's something. I went into it and I was like, I am no way in hell am I wearing that sash and that crown and carrying around that booby mug all Those day. were balls. Those were not boobs. Those were balls. 
Yeah, well, they had little nipples on them. Uh, so th- that person might want to get their balls checked out. Uh, but I ended up wearing it all day because I got a little drunk and didn't care anymore. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was, uh, it was a nice little addition to, uh, to the day. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, I think that when you're looking at a bachelor party, pretty good one, Yankee stadium, you know, people legitimately thought it was my bachelor party. They're like, Hey, let me buy you a beer. I was like, I better better wear this thing more often. We had drink tickets, a lot of drink tickets. So at the game, (laughs) they, um, you know, it was your bachelor party. So I don't know why you're trying to illegitimize it. Uh, and the other thing I want to talk about. Is this uh, this uh, Yankees were wearing NFL jerseys after last night's game? Obviously, NFL season is starting. So click on that link I just uh, I put in there, and each player I want to I want to I want to go through and analyze uh, each player and who they were wearing because I think there's some telling things about the football player they associate with most. So uh, Herman Glaber Urshela and and Guerin were all wearing Barkley jerseys. Hometown guy, running back for the Giants. That makes sense. This one's a little concerning. Clint Frazier was wearing an Antonio Brown. Jersey. I don't know why anybody's. I don't know why anybody is uh, shocked by that or concerned by that. It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Well, there's there's a couple of reasons you could say this. The helmet thing, you know, the the maybe he's maybe he's advocating for, uh, you know, player safety, and, and he understands the concussion, <laughs> and he understands the concussion symptoms are very real, and Antonio Brown has. If he wants to wear something that he feels comfortable in, the man should wear what he wants. And that's what Clint Frazier's doing. Not that he's a prima donna in the ass. Antonio Brown has never been known to piss off his own team and get traded or then piss off his new team and get fined $50,000 for not showing up to mandatory uh, workouts. No, that's not the guy. He's de- definitely no. about player safety and uh, concussion, making sure that people are you know, getting some good awareness out there about the concussion symptoms. Um, our boy Cameron Mabin was wearing Randy Moss. I love yeah. that. I'm big. I'm a big Randy Moss guy. Mabin. So Mabin was also wearing the um, on on the players on the players weekend. He had the um, the throwback '90s cartoons on his on his um, on his shoes on his cleats. Right. So he's yeah. He he strikes me as like an uh, late '90s, early 2000s yeah. guy who like likes to likes that era and 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 uh, and will show it. So. Yeah, I can see that. I see the Randy Moss connection. It makes a lot of sense to me. There's a few guys on the team because they're, uh, I guess they're Eagles fans. I know Canely is uh, a Philly guy. Um, is Chad Green? Chad Green was wearing an Eagles jersey. Where's Chad Green from? I thought he was. I, thought he, I think he's a Cali guy. Is he not? Yeah. So is he just bandwagon guy because the Eagles just won a championship? Uh, Britton was wearing Von Miller. I love that. That's just like. I'm gonna overpower you, kind of, uh, kind of move right there with Zach Britton. I mean, it doesn't really fit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but all right, it doesn't. I guess so. You're 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 trying to act like uh, Zach Britton's a tough trying guy. To, trying to, I'm trying to, yeah, trying to convince myself that I can trust Zach Britton. Tyler Wade wearing Baker, and that he's not gonna walk. Tyler Wade wearing Baker Mayf- Mayfield makes a lot. Yeah, of people sense. did not like makes that. a lot of sense. <laughs> they did. They did not. Tyler like Wade that. is a very, very. Uh, he's very uh, attuned to pop culture, and I think he likes. He likes everything that's cool and hip, and that's what Baker Mayfield is yeah. right now. And last but not least, DJ LeMay, he was wearing a t-shirt. You're goddamn right he was. <laughs> he, was not, uh, he was not turned around. Um, when that picture went out, uh, I think Glaber posted it on his Instagram, and everyone was, all the Yankees were wearing a Savages Yankees shirt. Everyone was facing the camera with the shirt on, and there was one guy in the background with his head, back of his head to the camera, head down, it had to be DJ LeMahieu probably going over scouting reports. Dude, this is why I love this guy now. Um, the, this, he's, he has really become one of my favorite Yankees on this team, if not, if not up there. I, it's hard for me to rank these guys because they're all, um, you know, I have admiration for a lot of these dudes. But he is just such a, you know, we all knew that he was a good player coming over. But we didn't know what he would look like on a daily basis. And the fact that this guy is that dude. He's in there. Some people are like, oh, he's not a teammate. Why isn't he with the rest of the team? Because yeah, he's because no. that's just his personality, man. He's just a <laughs> he is just a chill, like level headed, like same zone, probably eats the same thing every day, gets up at the yeah. same time every day, has a really big routine. Like that's just like pretty, pretty, uh, pretty rigid as far as his own personal things. 
and he works his ass off. I'm surprised. He's a no-nonsense kind of guy. That is who you want up to Damn bat right. with the game on the line. Damn right. No nonsense. Doesn't think about Not anything Not worried about else. what his Instagram caption is going to be after the game. Not worried about how he's going to look on, on the replays. I'm just going to get this base hit. Not worried about what anybody else is saying in the crowd. Can't even hear them. It's like the um, the the legend of Bagger Vance, the movie with um, with Will Smith and uh, Matt Damon, where he gets into the zone. Do you remember that movie, the golf movie, where like uh, never they saw have it. like a there's a there's a thing where he gets like tunnel vision, okay, where he just focuses everything out. And they they do it on the on the movie where you could just what just am see. I, am I, I'm mixing that up with Tin Cup. <laughs> you, you can't mix those two movies up. Um, Tin Cup literally put the ball. Kevin Costner, he put the right? ball in the water like four times. Fifty times. So no, you should really. I, I, there's no way you can mix those two movies up. Anyway, whatever. He's in the zone. Like he just sees nothing else besides him and the pitcher. And it's not Caddyshack. All right, you should go rewatch because they're not even close to the same movies. All right, that's gonna that's gonna do it. Uh, any last words before we get out of here? I, I had another point on DJ LeMahieu, but I forgot what it was. That he's the, the greatest baseball player in uh, baseball history? Oh, it was that I was listening to uh, the radio broadcast on Monday. And you know how they have the players, you know, cut in and do the WFAN reads? Yeah. DJ LeMahieu's couldn't have been more monotone. It was like, hi, this is DJ LeMahieu, and you're listening to WFAN New York. Yeah, it's perfect. I don't want him. One, I don't want him to be one good ad, at, at radio one reads. ad read, and I'm out of here. I do not want him to be good at that stuff. I want him to be good at baseball, <laughs> hitting the ball. I'm surprised. Like when he walks up with with batting gloves, surprises me. Like to me, yeah, he does strike me as a no batting gloves kind yeah. of guy. Like piss on your hands all winter. Piss on your hands. Throw some throw some pine tar. Work it into your hands. Like his hands are probably you know just just nice and leathered. That's that's the kind of guy uh, I see DJ LeMahieu. I, I think. There's really nobody in baseball, no one on the Yankees anyway, that still goes no batting gloves. Like, Posada rocked it for a long time, but I can't really remember many people with no batting gloves recently. I mean, to me, it's utterly, it's, it's, it's crazy. Just use, use the batting great? gloves. <laughs> They're, they oh. give you a better grip. They're better for your hands. It's just, it's, it's one of those things that technolo- technology has given you, so use them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, well, Vlad Guerrero never yeah. used it either. There like, are certain dudes that just didn't. I, I think you have to start that way and never use them, and then that's the reason you're still not using them. It's something about f- being able to feel the bat in your hand. It's what you're used makes, to. Posada said he used to have feel like he had more control over the bat because he could feel it in his hand. I understand hands. that. But a lot of guys, you know, they grow up with batting gloves. But Everybody grows up with batting gloves hands, i got to imagine his hands were so callous he couldn't feel shit. Right. Well, yeah, you could. I mean, you, you feel certain things. They just, uh, you feel, you know, you know that feeling of of the contact a little bit better because you can feel it for sure. The the gloves do take a little bit of that uh, that shock away. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume those were your last words. And uh, our next episode will be on Monday. We're gonna do mailbags and voicemails. Call up the voicemail line. It's six four six four eight zero zero three four two. Against the Red Sox this weekend when the Yankees are just digging that hole deeper and stuffing the Red Sox into that hole, I want you to call up the voicemail line and tell us why you're fired up. Uh, submit mailbag questions at bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast and all the social media channels. And we will talk to you on Monday. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.